Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 51, we're going we're gonna to start there. We are talking about Elijah today. This will be our kind of final message that we, we do on Elijah. You can always go to our website, lakesidechurch.us, and listen to some of the past ones at any time if you miss. Um, there's a messages tab up there. But in order to talk about Elijah, I felt like we had to start here. All right, because we're going to learn about kind of the end of his life. And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dig into the Word, and we're going to see kind of how Elijah's life, it ends, and what he was doing with Elisha, his apprentice or his disciple. But Heavenly Father, I thank you for the honor and the privilege of speaking your Word. Lord, I realize that I am inadequate. There's no man that could adequately speak your Word. So I just ask that your Spirit would be here to guide me and to guide those who listen, that the same Spirit who wrote this Word, that empowered men to write it, would empower us to understand it and to grow closer to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So right now we're jumping into a story of Jesus, and I'm going to try to tie it in and why we're starting here. So this is Jesus, and he has his disciples Currently, where we are with Elijah is he has his disciple. He has one, Elisha. He's working with him. But this is a snapshot of Jesus. So he had these 12 guys and then then more because there were times in the Bible that they list more. But he had his 12 closest disciples and he's working with them. And they, they were really following Jesus. Every day, all call we have, we are not called just to follow Jesus on Sunday or during a small group, but every day, all day, to follow Jesus. And it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So Jesus is about to go through his hardest part of of serving the Lord, the cross, who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. So Jesus had a whole crew of people that were helping him, and he would send sometimes people ahead. We know the story about getting the donkey ready, and, and, and people, he had a treasurer that was Judas. He, he, had a, he had a team of people that were serving with him, that were following him. But verse 53 says something interesting, and you're going to see in these next verses um, how this ties into Elijah. It says, but the people did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. So he was, he was attempting to go into this village of the Samaritans, but they didn't receive him. And not everybody receives Jesus. In fact, even today there are people hostile to him. In fact, you can talk about every, you can't talk about any other religion, but you can make fun of Christ and you can make fun of Christians, it seems. And so there was this controversy, there was this thing of of they were against him. And in verse 54 it says, When his disciples James and John saw it, so they see this city, this group against him, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? You may have never read that verse, or you may have never thought about that verse 
But the reason they ask that question is because we're about to read some verses about Elijah where this very thing happens. Fire comes down from heaven and consumes other people. And I wanted you to see this and see what Jesus says in verse 55. It says, but he turned and rebuked them. See, this is not a thing in the new covenant that Jesus has. We're going to read something that was part of the old covenant, something that Elijah was working under. But Jesus did not, not sign on to this. This is nothing that a Christian should do. And you know what? I had to make that clear because some people, when we read this, we might want that spiritual gift. All right? There's lots of spiritual gifts. Hospitality, leadership, administration, um, prophecy, words of knowledge, discernment. And if down fire from heaven was in, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, you and your spouse would come here and there'd be no eyebrows. <laughs> Whole cars catching fire on the interstate. But this is not something that we do. We, we, because we're really, and, and I'm joking, but it's a, we're under a covenant of grace and a covenant of mercy. And it's, it's a different thing that Jesus is establishing, a different promise. And Jesus' heart is actually towards those, we saw it with the Apostle Paul, the people that often are against him the most are the ones that he's going after because he, God so loved the world. And so he rebuked them. But, but it did happen with Elijah. Again, it was a different covenant, a different, different thing and so we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 1. And if you flip there, and remember, in this story where we're at, just like Jesus was with his disciples, Elijah is with his disciple, Elisha. And we read a story, and I'll paraphrase a little bit of it and not, not go through the whole chapter, but, but in verse 2 we see that there was... Um, another king. Ahab had died. Elijah was successful in that ministry. Ahab had repented. Um, God used Elijah mightily, and now there's, there's Ahaziah, and he was sick. It said he fell through the lattice in the upper chamber in Samaria. Notice it's Samaria again. Jesus was going to the Samaritans. That's why they were wanting to call down fire. And he lay sick, and he sent messengers, and he said, Go inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from my sickness. So again, we have a leader that is looking after other gods. And Elisha, he's doing his role. His role was to, to, to speak a message of repentance. Right? Arise and go and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, is there no God in Israel? Is that why you're going to inquire of Baal-zebub, the God of Ekron? Now thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you've gone up. You shall surely die. So Elijah has this message and says, hey, this guy is looking, looking for, for healing um, somewhere else. He's not looking to the God of Israel. He's not looking to the Lord, his God. He's going after this false 
God, and, and we should always have our hearts looking for the Lord. And, and yes, God can use doctors and medicine and praise God for them, but, but ultimately our hope should be in the Lord and definitely not a pagan God. It says, the messengers returned to the king and they said, he said, why have you returned? Verse 6, it says, there is a man who met us and he came back. And basically what they're telling him in this verse is, this guy met us and said, hey, uh, is there no God in Israel? You're not going to get off your bed. You surely die. If you look at the end of verse 6, it says, but you shall surely die. Verse 7, he says, What kind of man was this who came to meet you and told you these things? Verse 8, they said, He wore a garment of hair with a leather belt around his waist. And they said, Oh, that's Elijah the Tishbite. And so we read this little story, and this is where the fire from heaven is about to come in. It says, The king sent to him a captain of 50 men with his 50 so a soldier, a leader of soldiers with 50 soldiers under him, and they come to Elijah. And they say, O oh, man of God, the king says, come down. Let fire come down. Answered the captain of the 50, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume them. You and your 50. And it says, and then fire did come down and consume them. Like I said, I had to start with Jesus' words. That's not a thing. Now. Let fire consume them? And you'd be trying that in the parking lot on your way out of here. But, but a man of God today is known by mercy and grace and forgiveness. The same mercy and grace we've been shown in Christ. Verse 11, he sends another group of people. Again, fire consumes them. Verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 13, he sends another captain of 50 and his 50 men. And so to the two before him have already been burned up. And the third captain of the 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him and said, O oh man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down and burned up the former two captains and their men. But let our life be precious or let my life be precious in your sight. It says, And the word of the Lord came down to him and said, Go with the king. So I want to put it out there that Elijah's ministry was not easy. There were people seeking to end his life. There were whole groups of soldiers coming after him to silence him. And I want you to know that as Elijah was doing this, we saw in the, the end of 1 Kings, Elisha is there by his side. And and he burnt his business, his successful business with his father and his 12 yoke of oxen. And he burned them all and he started to follow Jesus. And you would think that if he gives up everything to follow Jesus, you would think it might be easy. But it wasn't. See, God decided for whatever reason to allow these 102 people to burn it was part of God's plan. It revealed God's glory. Um, but God's plan now is to show people the, the death, great God's glory in this way, but in ways of mercy and ways of grace.
but it will still be difficult. It will still be hard. And I want you to see that, that Elijah's ministry was never easy, but he stayed with it. There were times that there were great victories and there were times that there were great defeat. But at the end of his, end of his ministry, he's got Elisha with him. And he's showing Elisha the, the, the fruitfulness of faithfulness, of staying with the Lord, of trusting his word and obeying him, of having your hope and your faith in Christ and not your surroundings. That's what Elijah was teaching Elisha. And that's really what Jesus was teaching his disciples. We read in, in Luke chapter 9, he was saying, hey, trust me, follow me. And notice it was his disciples of Christ that followed Jesus all the way to the end. Yeah, there was a, a little bit of running and hiding for a season. But I mean, they were there in the garden, some of them, until the soldiers took them away. And there's a power, there's a good thing in being faithful, of sticking with the Lord, of not giving up, of, of knowing and acknowledging that, yes, it's not easy, but it is worth it following him. Love is patient. Paul says in 1 Corinthians Chapter 13, he says, love is patient, love is kind. And when he's, he's talking about the character, he starts with this idea of patience and this idea of long-suffering is infused in there. And, and I'm just going to tell you, it is a quality that not many people have. Most people choose the easy way. What's the path of least resistance? And if, and if things get hard or if things get difficult or if, if there's any level of work associated, we bail out. We go a different way. But there are some people, and I know you're here in this room, that you know the, the benefit of being faithful to the Lord. Of when life is easy, you rejoice and when life is tough, you still rejoice because you don't have anywhere else to go. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Your life is going to be hard with or without Jesus. But with him, there's hope. And with him, there's, there, there's someone to, to be with. And so we see, we see Elijah here, and I want you to know Elisha is right there. He's seeing this happen. He's seeing the soldiers come. Uh, imagine if you were being called into that, like, hey, come follow me. You're going to have a ministry like mine. Come and follow me. Oh, what does this ministry look like? It looks like soldiers trying to kill you. <laughs> like lots of them. Fifty of them come at a time, and they surround you and try to shut you up. How many people would have been like, darn it, I burned my ox. Farming wasn't so bad. I could serve God and be a good farmer. No, 
You have to serve God and what he's called you to do. And it's important for you to seek the Lord and to, to seek his guidance. It's what has he called you to do? Elisha was called to follow Elijah. Now we're in chapter 2. This is the end for these two, Elijah and Elisha. And just see what happens. It says, Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, because the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha says, As the Lord lives, as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Man, what, what character. So many godly people in the Bible, they have this character, this I will not leave. I serve a God who won't leave, and I will not leave. You need this for your marriages. You need this for your church. And if God has not called you to Lakeside, I'm sure he's called you somewhere. But wherever God has called you to, that idea that, that I'm not going anywhere, that's rare. And when you find people with that quality, like celebrate it, acknowledge it, appreciate it. My wife, when I was thinking about this quality, like my wife is that person for me. Like, I love all of you in here. None of you are as beautiful as her. I'm sorry. But none of you are as, like, faithful and as consistent and as, like, I know when times are good, she's going to be there. But, man, when times are bad, she's going to be there. And when the work is, is hard, she's not going to bail out. And she could. She doesn't have to do these things. But it's, it's who God is making her, and it's the character, character I want to see in myself and one I, I want us all to, to have. This I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. All right, so it says, So they went down to Bethel, verse 3. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said, Don't you know today that the Lord will take your master away from over you? And Elijah, Elisha said, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. That's a, that's a real guy right there. Shut up. Please. Keep quiet. He, he, he didn't want to focus on that. Like he was, he was realizing like he's not gone yet. Yes, it might happen, but this person is not gone yet. And as long as they're there, I'm going to follow and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to show up. And Elijah said to him, look at this a second time. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. Elisha could have bailed out. This is a second time that he's being given the opportunity. He's saying, you know what? It's been hard. The soldiers have come. Yeah, you saw the fire from heaven. But God is, Elijah's saying, God's leading me somewhere. 
stay. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Do you see the faithfulness there? Do you see that he's already made his decision to follow this man? And I'm not asking you to make a decision to follow me, but I just, I hope that you feel about Christ the way Elisha felt about Elijah, that you will not leave him, that you know there's nowhere else to go that's worthwhile than Jesus. It says, so they came to Jericho. Don't you know today that the Lord will take away your master? And he answered, yes, I know it. Now stop talking. Don't want to hear any more about it. And you know, sometimes when we're, when we're dealing about like faithfulness and we're trying to stay true to what God has called us to do, we have to be willing to tell the other voices in our head to like be quiet. Like, no, I know what Jesus has called me to do. Like, I know Jesus has called me here. And so whatever other voices come and say, hey, just stop, I got to say, be quiet. Now, you got to know what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be. And I, I challenge you to seek the Lord. Like, like, don't look to me to tell you who God has called you to be. Look to the Lord and look to your scripture and, and, and dig into it to find out what God's plan is for your life and tell every other voice to be quiet. Verse 6, it says, Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not leave you. Faithfulness, underappreciated quality. If I was teaching people today how to call down fire from heaven, but faithfulness, digging your feet in and, and staying where God has put you, it's, it's not as flashy. But we're like, we're going to have a small group on sticking it out in hard times. No, no thanks. I'll do Revelation. When is that Revelation group? That's Friday. That's starting this Friday. And if you're interested in, in joining a group on Revelation, Caleb is in the back. If you wave your hand, Caleb, in case people don't know who you are. Verse 7, it says, And 50 men, of the, 50 men of the sons of the prophets who also went up stood at a distance from them, and they were both standing by the Jordan. And Elijah took his cloak, and he rolled it up, and he struck the water. And the water was parted on one side to the other till two of them, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Elijah is, is kind of acting out in a way the story of Israel. The, they crossed the Red Sea, they crossed the Jordan. God did these miracles for the whole nation. And it's amazing that he's not only just doing them for groups of people, but he's doing them for individuals. And so when you look at what Christ has done, realize he did die for the world. He did die so that all who believe in him could find salvation and grace. But like that includes you. 
Like he died for you. He loves you. He will move on your behalf. These are the lessons that Elijah is imparting into Elisha. And there's this great miracle. They, they cross over on dry ground. And when they crossed over, Elijah says to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken away. Basically, what do you want? You've been faithful. You followed me. I gave you outs. I gave you a chance to turn around. The soldiers didn't stop you. They discourage us. What do you want, Elijah? Or Elisha? What do you want? And Elisha says, please, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said to him, you've asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I'm being taken away, all right, what is he asking for, this double portion? Back when they would divide inheritances, if they had three kids, so these would be the three kids, the firstborn son would get twice as much as anybody else. So they would, if you had three kids, you divide it up into four pieces, your property, your goats, your sheep, your ox, whatever. And the firstborn son would have a right to get twice as much as everybody else. He's not asking, like, I want twice as much of your power. He's saying, I want to receive the inheritance. Like, I want to follow in your footsteps. I want what you have. I, I want to be the one. Like, do, do you... Have you cried out like that to Christ? Like, Jesus, I, I want the inheritance that you have for me. Like, no, I want your spirit in my life. I want your word in my heart. I want your grace. And Elijah says, it's a hard thing, but if you follow, if you see it, if you follow me, you'll, you'll see it. In verse 11, it says, as the two of them went on and they were talking, Their relationship was coming to a close, and they're just talking. Somebody's very important to them. It says, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And when Elisha saw it, he cried, my father, my father. They had love, and he saw him no more the chariots of Israel and its horsemen and he saw him no more then he took his own clothes and he ripped them or he tore them in two pieces but look at verse 13 it says but he took up the cloak of Elijah the prophet's cloak that had fallen from him so they're talking they're walking this chariot of fire and whirlwind I don't know what it is it's kind of wild but it scoops up Elijah and as he's being taken up his cloak falls down that same cloak that he had before that he had hit the river with or, and dried it up. His clothes are in two pieces. He was mourning. He says, and then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water and said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. 
See, you, you see this relationship. Elijah did not call him to himself. I'm not calling you to me. Elijah called Elisha to the Lord God of Israel. When Elijah left, Elisha was sitting there and saying, where is the Lord? Where is the Lord? I'm calling you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Where's Jesus? I hope that you seek him better but because you know me. And I hope others seek him because they know you. Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? We're going to be closing right now. Would you just bow your heads for a second? We talked about faithfulness. Not the faithfulness of just Elisha to Elijah. And certainly not the faithfulness to me. really want you to think about is your faithfulness to Jesus. Are you going anywhere? Are you thinking of going anywhere? Of turning your back on him and walking away? If that stay with him, stay faithful, trust him. The hard times won't last forever. The good times won't last forever. But he lasts forever and ever and ever. If you've been unfaithful to him, if you put anything before him, and you recognize that right now, and you'd like to acknowledge that, to confess that, and to ask for forgiveness, would you just put your hand up right now? Amen. Amen. Stand with me, church. As the music plays, we're, we're closing right now, but if you raised your hand, there was multiple of you, multiple people. Would you just begin to pray to the Lord in your own way? Just acknowledge whatever's on your heart, whatever unfaithfulness, just begin to tell him you're sorry. Just begin to ask for forgiveness and begin to thank him because he is a merciful God. He is a forgiving God. And if you are feeling like you need forgiveness, he is the one who gives freely. So if you would just but confess your sin, confess where your heart is, if you would just acknowledge it to him right now with your own words, I just believe his mercy is rich enough and full enough. Lord, thank you. God, forgive us where we've not been faithful. Forgive us where we've put other things ahead of you. Forgive us where we've been distracted by the world. Forgive us where we've been distracted by other believers, Lord. God, help us to keep our minds and our hearts on you. Help us to follow you to the end, Lord. God, until our last breath that we take, help us to serve you. That every breath we take, every thought in our heart, every, every bit of energy in our bodies would be committed to you. And that we would be firm.
Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite my wife to come up here. We'll hang around. If anybody would like prayer, we are happy to pray. If you have anything at all, it could be related to this message or something completely different. Um, But on the way out, I pray you'd go. Have a great week. Let two or three people know that you really are happy to see them and that you love them. But don't make it awkward. And have a great week. But if you need prayer, we're up here. Hey guys, I'm Bob.